And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very very nasty, demonic-sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Real quick, before we get started, do not forget to follow us on all of our social medias. We're on Instagram, Twitter, all of them. TikTok, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And check out our website, hauntedaf.com. We got more stories there, plus the online store. I mean, we got some really cute merch. Who does not want a camo haunted AF hat? I know they're adorable, and of course they're the so mugs. Cute. Yes, everybody's yes. getting their pumpkin spice thing going on. So right? I'm seeing a whole lot of pumpkin spice hate out there in the world. But whatever it is <laughs> that you want to put in your little haunted AF mug, we have plenty of that stuff. Also, hit up Patreon.com for exclusive haunted AF stories. We've been adding new stuff weekly, and we have to say hi to our new patrons. We've got. Sarah Ar- Ar- oh she's Sarah- oh, Argana Donna <laughs> <laughs> that's me trying to help and that was terrible <laughs> Sarah Argandona Sarah forgive us also Andrea and Jenny Bortner a quick correction to last week I couldn't find the name of the person who sent us the Necronomicon story yeah right yeah it was actually Chris Budd who is also a new patron so thank you Chris Aww. so we're on the phone with Chris Ramirez who reached out just uh, about a month or so ago and where did you find Find the podcast, Chris? So I was listening to uh, the Jericho podcast. The Talk, Talk is, is Jericho. Jericho. Yes. I swear like Yay! half of our listeners now have come because of Chris Jericho. So thank you, Chris Jericho. <laughs> so you're listening to the podcast and then, and what happens? So I hear you too and I'm thinking, God, these two are so infectious. <laughs> I really like these two. <laughs> they just come across as really likable people. And I'm just like, I love these two. <laughs> and then Jericho asked about haunted areas and one of you mentioned the theater and then one of you mentioned Frank Lloyd Wright and my ears perked up and yeah. then and then you said the Kalita Humphrey Theater and I went wait a minute that's where I work <laughs> uh, I'm a Briley resident action company member at the Tony Award winning Dallas Theater Center Woo! they make me say that I'm like yeah we rule <laughs> yeah you deserve that so we have two faces we have the Wiley Theater in the Arts District and then we have the Kalita Humphreys and everybody that knows that building and everybody that works in that building knows that it is haunted AF uh, and <laughs> see what I did there and we all have our stories did DJ tell you about the history and why it's haunted he told us a little bit about how Frank Lloyd Wright passed away before it was completed and some changes were made to the that he didn't like apparently right and so specifically with uh, the way the props are brought on set I believe yeah so he did not build an elevator into the theater so below the stage is a scene shop so they can build the set mm-hmm. and he built a ramp that leads to the stage but really that's kind of impractical because that's 
are extremely heavy. So they started building an elevator in secret and they built a fake wall to cover the construction of the elevator. Oh, that's fantastic. And and then Frank Lloyd Wright passed and they finished construction. And and then since then, they've renovated the building and added some more things that were not in its design. So we like to think that Frank sticks around and isn't too happy with the renovations, but he's not a mean ghost. Have you experienced anything? Yeah, I've actually experienced two things personally, one of which was in front of an audience. Really? I want to say it was in 2018. We were doing a production called Sweat, and the set is a bar, like a realistic dive bar. Mm -hmm. And I have a scene in front of it with another actor, just us two, and we're on our smoke break doing the scene, full house, and all of a sudden, I see the handle on the bar door start viciously shaking. And we're doing the scene, and I'm seeing this handle Mm -hmm. And it looked like someone was trying to open it, but didn't quite have the strength. And as I'm acting in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, who is trying to open a door in the middle of a performance? And how the F am I going to improvise around this? Right. (laughs) So I'm trying so hard to be a good actor and like try to problem solve. And then finally it stopped shaking and we finished the scene. And about five minutes after that, it was intermission. And I went up to our stage manager, who I knew was on the other side. And I said, hey, were you messing with the door? And she said, no, why do you ask? And I said, I saw it moving. And then she freaked out and said, okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. I was setting props on the other side of the door. And I saw the same thing happen, but on my end. Oh, my gosh. So I was on the side with 500 people watching the scene. And she was backstage. And we were both seeing that door shape as if someone was trying to push the handle but didn't quite have the strength to push it all the way to open the door. That's fantastic. And you said there was a second one? So the second one, it was that same year, was the summer of 2018. And Dallas Theater Center was having their summer theater camp for the kids. Mm -hmm. And my friend Gloria, she was working the front. And I decided, hey, I'm going to go visit my friend while she's running this camp. I grabbed some Chipotle. I get there. We're talking in the lobby. And she says, hey, I'm going to go run some errands, but I'll be right back. And I say, cool. And then I realized, man, I'm by myself. I really don't want any parents to like come in here and start asking me questions that I don't know. So I said, I'm going to leave the assistant here. And I'm going yeah. to <laughs> so you bailed so, too. Awesome. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. So I grabbed my food and I started walking towards the backstage door that leads into the green room. And as I'm walking towards there, I yell, hey, Gloria, I'm heading to the green room if you need me. And I grab the handle of the stage door and I open it and I kid you not it was pushed back strong enough that it pushed me back and the door closed oh my gosh like a typical horror movie I said ha ha Gloria and I thought okay, I'm about to get her really good so I once again grabbed the doorknob and then this time put my body weight because I wanted to trap her in the corner and, 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 and then laugh at her or like brother and sister she'd be fine with it yeah okay so I grabbed the doorknob I pushed my body weight and then all of a sudden I hear the other side of the doorknob hit the wall I now wait a minute there's and I lean there. in, and I see that there was literally nobody there. Oh, and, in that, oh. and in that moment, I said, 
okay, I'm going to grab my Chipotle and I'm going to go home. <laughs> so, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright is like, no, you're going to bring that Chipotle in here and it's going to sneak up the whole room. So hell no. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am curious now when you interviewed or whatever, did anybody tell you that the theater was haunted or did they just leave that to you to figure out on your own? It's kind of a known thing in the theater community that most theaters are going to have some sort of entity. A joke when you start working at a new theater is mm-hmm. so who's the theater though? Aww. Because everyone has it and you know there's a respect level. You have to get to know the theater and respect what spirit is living within it because we share that space and we have something called the ghost light. That's how much it's a part of our culture. So there's something called the ghost light and at the end of every rehearsal when all the lights are turned off there's only one light that is left on in the middle of the stage. And that light is Yeah. And that light is for the ghost to take care of our space and for us to acknowledge their presence and respect them. It's really beautiful if you think about it. I don't know why. It's making me a little misty. That's really, really special. It's kind of like a blessing if you do have a haunting. Are they having performances at the Kalita Humphreys Theater now? Are you working again? I know the whole pandemic has just knocked the theater world so hard. Yeah. The performance industry is just really hurting right now. Uh, In fact, a couple of days ago in Solidarity, the Arts District in Dallas, every building went red. And it was a really beautiful sight to I know DCC has some plans on 2021 season mm-hmm. and they'll probably make an announcement soon. So if and when that happens, I- I'd love to extend complimentary tickets to you all since you're just too sweet and so fun. And thank you for having me on. So if you let me know. Well, thank you, Chris. Aww. And we will take you yeah. up on that. But more than that, we want to go creeping around the Kalita Humphreys Theater with you at some point. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, please. my God. Yeah. Do you yes, know yes. last year, a local TV reporter was going to interview Rebecca and I inside the Kalita Humphreys Theater. We had it all set up and ready to go. And she canceled on us day of the interview. So we oh, had yeah. a yeah. Chris Ramirez, stay in touch with us. Rebecca and Julie, I meant what I said. Both of you have such an infectious personality. And listening to you two and listening to your podcast, it just puts a smile on my face. Your friendship and your love for each other really shines through as a listener. And it brings joy to myself and to a lot of people. So I just wanted to uplift you that. I know. And let you know. So much. I that means a lot. And we do. We love each other a lot. Yes. (laughs) Good. So we actually got another email from our friend who works in the kitchen at the psychiatric hospital and he says, So on Friday I had just gotten to work and set up my workstation to make coleslaw. All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this dark mass rushing down the aisle toward me. Yeah. And I'm trying to steal that coleslaw. <laughs> it all depends. Like, is it mayonnaise-based or is it vinegar-based, you know? That's a great question. Which do you prefer, mayo or vinegar? Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I looked towards it, it was gone. Then today, when the other cook and I had just come back from a break, I noticed a woman walking right where I had seen the black mask. For a second, I didn't think anything was strange. That is until I realized she had vanished. Mm. And here's the thing. Didn't recognize her at all. The only feature I caught was that she had brown hair in a ponytail that was swaying back and forth. It totally freaked me out. And unfortunately, I had to go back to work. You know, he said that they have stuff happening almost every single week. So yeah, yeah, that's not going to be the last we hear from him. Okay, so this next story comes from Inez. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings 
from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Hi, my name's Inez, and I am from Taunton, Massachusetts, about 30 minutes south of Boston. Um, I've had quite a few experiences, I guess, but one that I remember the most is with a Ouija board. My oldest sister and I and my dad were sitting in my parents' house when we were younger. I'll still live in there. My sister and I started playing the Ouija board, and my dad, who was also very into paranormal and supernatural, just like my sister and I, so he wanted to sit there and listen. He's had experiences with the Ouija board as well. So my sister and I start playing, and, you know, of course, oh, you're pushing it, you're pushing it. No, neither one of us were pushing it. And it said my father's name, Normie. He's just kind of smiling, thinking we're pushing it, playing a joke on him. And it said call Renee. We looked at my father and his face just dropped. And we're like, who's Renee? And he's like, I have an uncle Renee that lives in France. We didn't know. We had no idea that he had this uncle that lived in France named Renee. So it starts giving numbers. So my dad jumps up and he gets a pad of paper. He starts writing the numbers down and he decides to call the number. Of course, it didn't get through. It was nothing, whatever. So he calls my grandfather, who was related to this uncle Renee, and asked my grandfather if he had his phone number and he said no I do not why would you ask that so my grandfather wasn't a believer or anything I get out of here you guys are crazy blah 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 two weeks later my grandfather called back and told my father that my uncle Renee passed away so now my grandfather doesn't think we're so crazy and we were all in shock because again we had no idea we had an uncle Renee and for the spirit board the Ouija board to spell out normie call Renee it was amazing love you guys love your show you get me through work every night. Thank you so much. How cool would it have been if the phone number had worked? I know. I was <laughs> just thinking that. I feel like the numbers had to correspond to something, don't you? If they hadn't kept in touch with something, could it have been like address related or coordinates of where he was or I don't know. Thank you, Inez, for that story. This next one comes from Yvonne and she's like my new girlfriend because we chatted (laughs) on Facebook all weekend long. She says, I recently found your podcast and listen while I'm at work, much to the amusement of my coworkers who regularly hear me gasp and shout, oh, chuffing hell. (laughs) (laughs) What's so refreshing about your podcast? It's like sitting in your living room and discussing all the weird happenings across the globe. A short story from my son who made me swear not to tell his wife so as not to scare her after purchasing their new house. It was probably built in the 1940s so my son started to renovate straight away starting with the bathroom. He worked late one night and left a meter square of wood shavings at the bathroom door with the intention of clearing it in the morning. On getting up the next day he saw there in the sawdust three child's footprints and then three more on the carpet. Well he called me early saying it scared him but he couldn't tell his wife because he knew she wouldn't stay in that house. It was just the two of them. There weren't any children there at the time. Yeah, so, that is freaky. Yeah, so six years later, my eldest daughter was babysitting my son's first child in that same house. She noticed that my grandson was fixated on something in the stairwell and smiling at it. She asked him, what are you smiling at? To which he answered, my friend, only my friend. <laughs> so then she asked, where does your friend live? And he said, oh, 
oh, auntie, in my house. No, <laughs> yes. I want to know the answer. Yeah, so she was spooked and uh, didn't pursue the conversation any further. And then she carried him up to bed. He said, auntie, wave goodnight to Barney. No. <laughs> she went up those steps two at a time and sat on his bed until his parents came home. Uh, so I asked Yvonne to send us a voice memo because she's, it, she says she has this really strong Yorkshire accent. And she's like, uh-huh. you're not going to be able to understand what I'm saying. I'm like, well, now you have to send something. So she sent us a voice memo and it was two seconds long. <laughs> just like <laughs> completely blank. Please try again, Yvonne. We have got to hear your voice. So I've been wanting to discuss doppelgangers because we have gotten so many of these doppelganger stories lately and they always blow my mind. If you're not familiar, that's when people see like different versions of the same person in their house. Right. And that's like Mary uh, who sent us this. She said, I was sitting outside with my now deceased grandmother when she told me to go ask my mom if it was time to take me to school. Mom said no. And as I was making my way out of the house, I noticed someone standing at our kitchen table. It was my grandma staring at me with this evil stare. I was so confused, but then noticed that my grandma was actually still sitting outside. I know what the hell is happening here. My oldest brother also tells a story about waking up and seeing my grandma staring at him from the bedroom door. He asked her what was wrong and she never replied. Instead, she came into the room and my brother thought she was going to step on him because he was sleeping on the floor but he felt nothing as she walked across his leg. Then she made her way into the closet, which really freaked him out. Well, yeah, that's going to freak anybody out. Um, So Mary asked, was this a doppelganger ghost? Mary goes on to say that she had asked her father about it, and he says that the neighbors used to claim that they would actually see his mother, the same grandmother, staring at them angrily through the windows, and no one could figure out why. So maybe a doppelganger or maybe just granny is cranky and like (laughs) just staring at people angrily for no reason. Then we got an email recently from Ryan uh, who was talking about a doppelganger of his mom, we think. He said that he would go to sleep at her at night when he was a little boy and he would get scared. But then sometimes he would wake up and he would see a woman who looked like his mom staring into the full-size mirror that was in her bedroom. But the worst part is he would look over and see his mom was still in bed with him at the same time. So he couldn't explain who is this woman. So we get these stories all the time and I really have no explanation for them. So let us know. Haunted AF Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, we take written or recorded stories. We'll do audio, video. We just want all of them. So this next story comes from Yaneth or Yaneth. I'm not sure. And she even said, if you mispronounce my name, it's okay. So there you go. Yeah, mission (laughs) accomplished. When I was maybe 15 or 16 years old, I would go with my mom and pet sit. Um, We would have to stay overnight. Um, But the first night I ended up staying late and passed out in the living room. One of the dogs ended up staying with me that night. And in the middle of the night, I was woken up by a small child's voice that said, "Uh uh-oh, and then followed by the dog barking and looking over my head. It scared the shit out of me. I couldn't move. I wasn't about to get out of the room because I was too scared. So I just prayed and needless to say, I didn't get any more sleep that night. Um, Nothing else really happened the rest of the time I was there um, besides me being paranoid of every little thing around the house. Um, But yeah, that happened to me. Love your podcast. You know what? Just don't pet sit. No, uh-uh. Yeah, if you had to go over there and like feed them, that's great. Just don't spend the night because we get so many creepy pet sitting stories. Bring the pet to your house where it's safe. Brilliant idea. And speaking of pets. <gasps> pet of the week. And we're- Yay! 
We're going with the classic theme song there because we have not gotten any new Dead Pet of the Week theme songs, which means if you're bored and in your car and you want to record one for us, we will probably play it. So please send those. And they're, they're honestly, one of my favorite things about this podcast is that we have fans that actually send in the Dead Pet of the Week theme song. Oh. They're so great. Yes, same here. Uh, by the way, we have a great Dead Pet of the Week story this week. It comes from Robbie. And is it he or she? I don't know. <laughs> oh, they. Huh. Just go with they. Okay. Yeah. And Robbie says, I recently discovered your podcast and I'm obsessed. I love the Dead Pet of the Week segment and I wanted to share with this story. I'm a current student at Eastern Kentucky University and there's multiple rumors about different ghosts on campus. We seem to be fairly haunted. There's a naked woman who haunts the old science building. Wow. I know, right? A blue lady who... Oh, wait, there's more. A blue lady who hung herself and now haunts their ballroom. And most famously, their ghost dog, Mozart. So Mozart was an unofficial mascot during the 1950s and 60s and he was just a stray mongrel that would hang out around the campus and even attend some of the music classes. So the campus kind of adopted him and he would even march in the band during halftime shows and then howl when the other bands perform. So he's a snarky dog too. So when he passed away in 1964, he was buried on campus where there are rumors that you can still see him walking around. He made EKU his home and does not want to leave and honestly, we like keeping him around. Oh, That's very sweet. Random question. Did you know that Texas A&M that you can bury your dead dog on their campus? No, I did not know that. <laughs> you can pay to put your dog on their campus, and then they also bury Reveille, their mascot or whatever. That place has got to be real effing haunted. Yeah, there's going to be ghost dogs <laughs> everywhere. Oh, For and, days. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of which, last week we had Wayne's story about being the cat that yeah. was showing up at their house. So Wayne did go ahead and play the podcast for his wife, and he said that she just rolled her eyes at the whole thing. Ah. She's like, whatever. Shut up. Yeah, but we know deep down she's scared. Somewhere in there, she she is scared. All right, so Mm -hmm. this next story comes from Cody. Hey, thank you for letting me share my story. Uh, I want to apologize for my audio. It may not be that good. I'm currently driving a truck, and I guess if you do decide to uh, to air this, I I would say that there is a a trigger warning because there is death. I was in Afghanistan, and I was in the Kunar province. So I'm uh, I'm in this bunker, if you will. We call them fighting holes. Some people call them foxholes. You know, whatever the case is, we call them fighting holes. And I hadn't slept good in about the last two or three days because we had taken some pretty, you know, pretty consistent mortar attacks. We had also taken some pretty regular uh, direct fire machine guns, snipers, things of that sort, which is not incredibly uncommon because that is, you know, what's widely known as one of the most dangerous areas on earth. So I'm in this this fighting hole and it's about three o'clock in the morning and uh, I I have uh, another Marine with me and uh, from our bunker we had a, a pretty good vantage point down into the valley and there's some houses you know what we call hamlets and i'm looking down into the the valley and i, I see you know there's a, a river that runs through that valley we call it the pesh river when you protect an area enough and you stand guard over it you get a, a feeling for what things are there and what things are out of place and I, I saw it, it looked like a huge 
white boulder that was down by the river and the first thing that I thought to myself was this is kind of strange because I don't ever remember seeing that before. As I'm looking this boulder it seems like it begins to to take shape so what I do is I, I point my machine gun at it of course I didn't have the intention to fire I just wanted to see you know get a better look through my optic my ACOG and see you know what it was and uh, this is where things start to get emotional it was a little girl she had long blonde hair and she was wearing a grayish dress you can't necessarily say that that is awkward because sometimes you'll see uh, the Afghans out roaming around the village at night so in a lot of cases that's not considered incredibly weird but this little girl she just looked different and all of a sudden she turns and and looks at us now of course the the afghans knew that we had our observation posts there we call it an op they knew that we had our op there so i'm thinking okay this little girl is just interested and she's looking at us and she starts walking now i would say at this point she's maybe 150 200 yards away and all of a sudden she stops and uh she's just standing there looking at us and as bad as it sounds i pointed my machine gun at her because just like when i initially saw her i wanted to get a better look through the optic on my my weapon and i look through and it, she just looks like she's sad i can see her face very distinctly at this point uh, i remember she had a just the most beautiful beautiful blue eyes uh, a pointed nose and she looked like she had like a little bit of dirt around you know like a like a dirty mouth or something like she'd eat a chocolate bar or something and uh she's just standing there looking at us and then all of a sudden she she like slowly lifts her hand up and she points to the mountainside to the right of us and a lot of times over there we rely on the villagers to give us information on the Taliban you know whether they're passing through there or not and I figured she's that's her way of she's pointing saying hey there are Taliban like over there and I look over at my friend and I asked him I said do you see this and he says you know what what the hell are you talking about and then I, I just chalked it up to okay maybe I'm just exhausted I look back through she's still standing there and then all of a sudden and I, I will never forget this Whew. her mouth drops if you've ever seen the movie scream you know the the mask it, that to me no longer looked human it's like she was pointing her head straight at me and the bottom of her jaw was touching her chest and she's making these motions with her hands like look over there look over there and instinctively I put my machine gun down and I grabbed my rifle and I looked at my friend and I said it just like this I said get ready to fight and he says what the hell are you talking about and I said dude get your weapon now and as soon as we turned to the right we started hearing voices and I could see a couple uh, a couple shadows there were three different shadows and they were moving towards us that was when it started the first guy starts shooting and my friend uh, pretty much dropped him as soon as he he took the his first shot and another guy had an AK-47 and as he got ready to shoot I uh, put put him on the ground the other guy he raised his weapon but he was moving backwards like he was getting ready to shoot 
my friend shot him in the leg and he started rolling down the, the hill. As he was rolling, he still had control over his weapon because he took a shot. So I got him behind my machine gun and uh, you know, did, did what I needed to do. I'm sorry. So yeah, that's that's pretty much, that I would say, one of my scariest moments uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, but I don't know if it was scary. I would say it was frightening. I wouldn't want to call it scary because if that actually was a ghost, that ghost saved my life. Because had I not seen it, we would have been ambushed and it probably would have not survived that. And if this, you know, in the case that this was just a little girl from the village, the only thing that I can say to her is thank you because you you saved my life and my friend's life early that morning. Uh, but I don't think it was a little girl from the village just because I, when I looked, I, I didn't feel right. As the, the young kids would say these days, I felt shook. Jesus. I just like chills over and over again listening to that like, story. Like, I can't even tell you what my body just went through listening <laughs> to that story. It's like a freezing ice cold literally went over me head to toe. And I, I'll tell you right now, our air conditioner is broken at the house. I, that is a chilling story. Thank you so much, Cody. Oh, that was hard for him to tell. I can't even imagine. I know we all have questions for Cody. Yeah, if you want to ask a question, email us at hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com and we can try to set that up. And just send us your stories. Written, recorded, audio, video, we take them all haunted af podcast at gmail.com and halloween is coming so you have to send us all your scariest yeah. stuff speaking of which we've got another story about a haunted haunted house it comes from somebody Ooh. who worked at one of those haunted attractions and he yeah. saw something that was not part of their show so that's all coming up on the next haunted af all right guys don't forget to subscribe to itunes spotify stitcher whatever your platform is that you love listening to you can find us on facebook instagram twitter reddit or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website hauntedaf.com gotta say thanks to andrew mamaliga for our theme song and to on-air media for titles and technical support and of course we gotta thank you the listeners thanks for listening by the way julie if i die first i'm coming back to haunt you i'll come back to haunt you too rebecca Aww.